is my neighbor. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to the inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do thou likewise. This is the word of the Lord for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Russ. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mind and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. Have you ever been blessed by a good Samaritan? Just a couple of weeks ago, my family traveled to Disney World for the first time. My kids got to experience the Magic Kingdom, and I somehow got in charge of riding the roller coasters with my six-year-old son, Nolan. So we stood in line for Space Mountain, and when we got onto the ride, I took my cell phone and I placed it in the pocket of the ride so that it would be secure. We rode the ride, and I suppose I was so thrilled to get off the ride that I promptly hopped out and we entered into Tomorrowland, the 92-degree Orlando humidity with crowds everywhere. And we were rearranging our backpack, getting ready to meet up with mom and daughter. And this woman starts running at me with a phone up in the air, sir in the blue shirt, sir in the blue shirt. And I turned around and she said, I rode the ride right after you and I saw that you left your cell phone, so I wanted to be sure you got it back. And I thanked the woman repeatedly. For, as you know, just about everything is on our phones today, and it would have taken forever to replace that phone. How about you? Have you ever been blessed by a Good Samaritan? Perhaps the reason why our Good Samaritan stories are so meaningful and endearing is because in the Good Samaritan's actions, we may actually get a glimpse of why it is that God is so good. I thought we would take a moment to reflect just a little bit on what was it that made the Good Samaritan in this text that Russ just read for us a few moments ago, what was it specifically that made the Good Samaritan so good? 
my sense is that there were three reasons why. He was unhurried, he was uncalculated, and he was unsparing. I'll begin with that first word, unhurried. It is amazing to me that the Good Samaritan in this text had the time to do what he did. As Christian author Eugene Peterson pointed out many years ago, time has surpassed money as the American's 21st century most precious commodity. I mean, who has the time anymore? And the research proves he's right. Some years ago, the USA Today newspaper did a research study and asked Americans of all questions this question. If you could have an extra three hours a week or an extra $300 a week, which would you choose? Roughly 80% of Americans chose the three hours. I mean, who has the time to run after you with your cell phone that you've lost? Does a good Samaritan has the time in this text? You know, it's very interesting. Years ago, a, a wonderful writer by the name of Malcolm Gladwell, and some of you all have read his best-selling books, uh, wrote a book uh, called The Tipping Point. And in that book, Gladwell included an illustration about the story of the Good Samaritan in Scripture. And he mentioned that there was, uh, some years ago, a, a Princeton PhD in the sociology department by the name of John Darley, who was doing an experiment as to what was driving people's motives to be compassionate and what may prevent people from being compassionate. And Gladwell uh, details in his book uh, the experiment. Darley teamed up with some Princeton Theological Seminary professors to do an experiment on seminary students. The seminary students were unaware as to what was uh, being experimented on, but uh, the, they asked uh, seminary students at Princeton Theological Seminary to pre prepare a five-minute extemporaneous uh, sermon on the Good Samaritan and then walk across the courtyard and preach it to a group of preaching faculty that would be waiting for them in a building. But according to Darley's hypothesis, there would be only one variable that would impact the student's performance, and that variable was time. So for half of the students, Darley looked down at his watch and said, you're running late, you better get there soon. And for the other half of the students, he decided to say, they're running behind, take your time in getting there. But what the students were unaware of is that Darley had paid a man to pretend that he was the good Samaritan and in need and would cough by the side of the road and cry out for help. Well, do you know that in that experiment, 63% of the students who were given enough time stopped to help the man by the side of the road, but only 10% of the students who were rushed stopped by the side of the road to help the man. In fact, said Darley, it was often the case that a seminary student in going to preach a sermon on the Good Samaritan would literally trip over someone who was hurting along the way. Humorous in a dark sort of way, perhaps. But there is Ivy League research to suggest that part of what we really ought to celebrate about the Good Samaritan in this scripture is he was gloriously unhurried. He was unhurried, yes, but I sense too that he was also uncalculated in his approach. 
as we often get taught about the priest and Levite in this scripture, the priest and Levite were uh, clearly concerned about the uh, ramifications of what it me might mean to touch an unclean person, as well as their own self-interests. And so the priests and Levites were very calculated in their approach. Uh, what will this mean if I touch an unclean person? Uh, what will this mean to my friends and to my religious community? What will this mean if I take a risk here? Uh, is this man safe or is he unsafe? Their approach was calculated, but the approach of the Good Samaritan was rather uncalculated. It was simply this person is beside the road and he is bleeding and I will help him. He was unhurried, uh, uh, unhurried. Uh, he too was uncalculating, and then I think third and finally, he was unsparing. The Good Samaritan, we're told in this text, uh, reached into his pocket and took what he had, two denarii that were the equivalent of two days' wages, and paid so that this man uh, would not only be bandaged, would but have a night and perhaps even more nights in a hotel room. That is what made the Good Samaritan good. He was unhurried, he was uncalculated, and he was unsparing. And my hope is that all of us in our efforts to follow in the footsteps of Jesus would be good to neighbors in need and prepared to help those in need. But I want to take this a step deeper this morning. For my sense is that we ought not to be good simply for the sake of being good. My sense in this text is that part of what we get in the Good Samaritan parable is glimpse or an insight into what makes God so good. In fact, I would powerfully argue that God isn't good in any old way. God is good to us in the same way the Good Samaritan was to the man by the side of the road. And I hope this will be most helpful to any of us this morning, and probably all of us, who find ourselves in the parable by being the person who is beside the road hurting. Hurting because of our grief, hurting because of uh, some health concern we have, hurting because of worry, hurting on behalf of someone else. What makes God so good to us in our hurt when we find ourselves on the side of the road? For starters, God is unhurried. As one theologian put it many years ago, one of the great miracles that we celebrate about God is that God pays attention to us. If your image of God is one who skips by your pew in order to preach some more powerful agenda, then might I suggest that you've got God wrong. For part of what is so glorious about the God we have come to worship today is that our God stops. In Jesus, God stopped for Peter's mother-in-law. In Jesus, God stopped for the adulteress. God stopped for the blind man. God stopped for the demon-possessed man. God stopped for many who were in need or needed to be healed. God stopped. And it was simply about whether or not a person was in need. And God stopped for that person. The God we have come to worship today in all of our distress, stops by the side of the road for each one of us. And I think God's goodness gets even better here. Not only does God stop, but God tends to us in a rather 
uncalculated way. Sometimes when we think about our hurt and our pain and our struggle, we ask calculated questions like, have I been good enough for God? Have I been religious enough for God? Have I been clean enough for God? Have I done enough for God? And God, rather uncalculatingly so, looks upon us and says, that is of no matter to me. I want to extend to you mercy and compassion that you do not deserve simply for being by the side of the road. I want to help you out. I stumbled across an illustration of this um, uh, this week in a Bible commentary, and he was talking about uh, this kind of uncalculated love of the Good Samaritan. And the Bible commentary was telling the story of an American missionary by the name of Oswald Goldry. And in 1940, Goldry was doing missionary work over in China. And upon uh, leaving China, he found a safe passage to India where he would um, have his return trip home to the United States. Well, while in India, uh, the persecution of, um, of Jews in Nazi Germany uh, got to be very bad, and there were many Jewish refugees who were living on the coast of India, and he was interacting with many of them as he waited for his, passion, his uh, plane passage home, and they were living in attics and barns and basements. And uh, he met one Jewish refugee family, and he decided that he would kind of take good Samaritan action upon them and gave him his uh, check, his monetary check, uh, to them, his uh, check to get home back to the United States. Well, some weeks uh, later, after he had raised enough money to actually come back to the United States, a reporter asked him, you know, Oswald, why did you give that Jewish refugee family uh, your check? They aren't even Christian, and uh, they, you needed to get back home. Why did you do that? They weren't Christians. And he said, yes, but I am and it was just completely uncalculated, unmerited, and undeserved. Such is the goodness of God when we find ourselves beside the side of the road. God is unhurried in God's goodness. God, too, is completely uncalculated. And then third and finally, God also is unsparing. For what God does in all of our pain and hurt is God comes to us and says, I am going to take everything I have and put it into Jesus and give it to you out of love, simply for being hurting and on the side of the road. Some nights ago, I couldn't sleep, and uh, when I can't sleep at night, I often will uh, wander out to the living room and turn the TV on, and there was an old classic movie playing on uh, TVS. It was the movie Troy. And for those of you who have never seen the movie, you've probably heard the legend of the Trojan horse or um, uh, perhaps uh, know the legend of the Trojan horse. And uh, the movie was depicting how there was this um, uh, beautiful uh, woman named Helen who was married to the prince of Troy. And um, uh, King Agamemnon uh, got uh, very concerned about Helen, who was uh, dating uh, the Prince of Troy, because he was she was really supposed to date his brother. And so King Agamemnon, in the story, just got so upset that he decided to empty uh, all of his resources to get Helen, this beautiful, attractive woman, back. And so King Agamemnon spent all of the money that he had in his kingdom, uh, put all of his men together, and put them on all of these ships to go and to invade Troy. And on the television screen, it really is impressive, 
to see this uh, armada of ships just lined up, all for one beautiful, attractive woman. And I thought about that, and I said, you know what? When I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I say, nobody would ever do that for me. Well, I got news for you. Get another mirror. Get another mirror. Unhurried, God stops by the road for you and me. Uncalculated, God extends mercy we do not deserve. And then in an unsparing way, God takes everything God has, every good resource available, and gives it to you and to me out of love. How good God is. And not just any old good, God's good Samaritan good.